Sand has the light. Sand, surf, beach chair. Maybe one of those non-alcoholic drinks with a little umbrella in it. Sand between your toes. That's living. That's life. But you know, as lovely as that is, we have to ask the question, is that really living? Is that what life is all about? Is it about the pursuit of ease and happiness and getting a good tan? Or maybe life is about the acquisition of money and getting more stuff, material possessions, the right car, the right house, wearing the the right clothes. But I've always wondered, who is it that determines what's cool? What's in? What's stylish? Why this and not that? Because we're told that that's what makes life worth living is having the the right stuff. What is it that shapes what is it that shapes our values? Now, if we're going to allow our culture, the culture in which we live, to shape our values, if we're going to allow the culture to define life for us, then, then we are going to constantly be disappointed. Because here's what happens. Once we figure out what life really is all about, they move the goal line. What life, the meaning in life, what gives life meaning, they're in constant motion, like the dunes of the Sahara. An athlete who had reached the pinnacle of his sport was asked what he wished someone had told him when he was on the bottom, just starting out. And this, this was his reply. I wish someone would have told me that when you reach the top, there's nothing there. You know, if he had read a little book called Ecclesiastes, he might have figured that out himself. There's a guy who wrote it named Solomon. Perhaps you've heard of him. He was the son of David. He was the king of Israel. And God had given this man great wealth and great wisdom. And he too was on a quest to find meaning in life, to find out what was really important in life and what gate would be fulfilling. And he tried everything. I mean, he tried to, uh, he tried to find that meaning in life by accumulating money by getting more and more stuff by big building projects by power wine women's song he tried it all and when he came to the end of that quest for fulfillment and he looked back on how he had invested himself up to that point this was his conclusion meaningless meaningless says the teacher utterly meaningless everything is meaningless. In other words, when you get to the top, there's nothing there. Today, as we continue this series of messages called Rediscover, we want to rediscover life. And not what our culture says it is, and not what our neighbor says it is, and not what the commercials on TV say it is, but what it really is, and what God intended for it to be. And I'd like to share four truths with you this morning. Simple truths 
And the first is this, life is short. Life is short. This is what God's Word says. Psalm 39. Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You've made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. When we're young, we look at someone who's 35 and we think they're old. Then when you hit 35, maybe somebody in their 50, 55, 60, they're getting old. And then you start creeping up on 50, you're going, well, that's not old at all. Old's got to be in the 70s and 80s. And once you're hitting up there, then you're going, well, you know, I'm not quite there yet. I'm working on it. But we know, because we've been to enough funerals, that no matter how many years God gives us on this earth, even a hundred years compared to life in general, life on this earth and eternity, life is short. It is brief, and we really never know. We never really know when the end is coming. Oh, we've got plans. I've got plans this uh, late spring to go on a mission trip. I've got plans for that. I've got plans in the fall for my son to take him off to experience college. I've got plans that are down the road a ways. But to be honest, I don't know if I'm going to get to fulfill those plans. I don't know if anyone, any of us will get to fulfill the plans that we have in life. Because life is short. And the Bible reminds us that life is short. All so brief. The second truth is this. Life matters. Even though it's short, even though it's brief, life matters. You and I cannot control the length of our days, though we can eat bran and whole grains and lay off the beef and pork. I guess we could do that, maybe a little exercise. But truly, we can't control the length of our days. But we can, at least to some extent, influence how those days are spent. Psalm 90 says this, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God, as I look at the brevity of my life, help me to number those days. Now, if you number something, it's anything you count is important to you. Teach me to number my days, to count my days so that I can think rightly about life, so that I can think rightly about living. Drifting is okay for driftwood, and bouncing around from place to place is okay for pinballs. But you are neither driftwood nor a pinball. You are a unique creation of God whose life is to have meaning and purpose and value, whose character is to reflect the character of God, and whose days are to count for something. Your life matters, and it matters to God. You've only got this one. This is it. Make it count. Make it matter. The third truth is this. Life is to flow upward and outward. 
Life is to flow upward and outward. You wouldn't believe that if you watched many commercials. What you would believe is that life is to flow inward. It's all directed toward me. It's all me-centered. I am at the center of the universe and everything else revolves around me. That's what we're told. They try to convince us of that time and time again. Everything is designed to truly to get us to consume. I guess that's that's the bad part about living in a capitalist society. There are lots of good parts about it. But the bad part is that if you want to sell something, you have to create a need, whether people need it or not. That's why there's so many commercials. There's stuff that you see and you go, I didn't know I needed that. Until you've seen it. And it's usually made by Ronco. It's usually on an infomercial. I didn't know I needed that. But now that I see it, I need it. What's that number again? Well, that's okay. They're going to repeat it 20 times. And you can get it for three easy payments of $19.95. And as a matter of fact, if you'll buy it today, they'll give you another one for free. Just pay the shipping. You didn't even know you needed it. Now you've got two. That's the way it works. We are trained from our earliest days to be consumers. And we we try to fight it, but it's it's hard to fight. When when my kids were little and they'd watch uh, television that had the commercials on it, I tried to train them right. When they'd see a commercial, and of course these commercials are designed to get these kids to go, Mommy, 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 or Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And when they hit Toys R Us, just to go running for that down the aisle. But when my kids saw these commercials, when I tried them to say, I'd ask them a question. I'd say, now, what are they trying to do? And they learned it pretty well that they'd come back and say, they're trying to sell me something. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. But they, they have this gauge on our psyche, this gauge on our mentality that we are the center of the universe and that you can feel, get a fulfillment or, or a sense of, of accomplishment or a sense of joy or peace or whatever it is if you've got this fill in the blank, whatever it is. It's going to make your life. But you know, life was never intended by God simply to flow inward. I'm going to challenge for you, those who are computer savvy, you may have done this previously because I'd mentioned it one time before, but if you're able to get on a computer and get on the internet, then I want to encourage you to go to Google Earth and I want you to put in the search bar, I want you to put in Dead Sea. Dead Sea, as you'll remember, is over in the Middle East, out in the middle of a desert area. And if you'll look at the Dead Sea and kind of back off it a little bit, what you'll see is that there's there, the mountains are kind of up to the north and the there's a river, the Jordan River flows down into the Sea of Galilee, then it flows out of the Sea of Galilee and into this body called the Dead Sea. Now, the Dead Sea does not sound like the place that we want to go lay out on the beach for a vacation, right? The Dead Sea, that just doesn't sound good at all. Well, the reason it's dead is because all the water was flowing in, fresh water plus the mineral deposits and things that it picked up along the way, and it put them into this body of water that had no outlet. And so all it did was sit there and stagnate and evaporate until it became a large body of 
heavily mineralized water that contained no fish life. I mean, there's bacteria and all kinds of microscopic stuff in there. But as far as fish, you can put your pole in there all day long. You're not catching anything. There's not that kind of life in it. And that's why it's called the Dead Sea. And when I, I see something like that, it just clicked in my mind. We're like that. If stuff just flows into us, but we have no outlet for it, then we're going to stagnate. We, like the dead seer, are going to become lifeless. And that's not the way God designed life to be. When Jesus was asked, what is the most important commandment in the Bible? He gave two, and he intertwined them so that they could not be separated. This is what he said in Luke's gospel. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. What was he saying? He was saying that life is to flow upward in a love relationship with God as we worship him and honor him and live for him. Our life is to flow upward. But it's also to flow outward as we're expressing the love of God to people around us, as we're serving others and as we're sharing Jesus, is to flow outward, not just inward. If it flows in and stops, you will stagnate. But if it continues to flow through you, upward and outward, then you'll flourish. And the fourth truth is this. Life is eternal. Wait a minute. Wasn't the first one that life is short? And now you're saying life is eternal? That's not making much sense. Let me try to explain it. Life has both a physical and a spiritual component. Biologists can tell you a lot about life, the components of life, how it all fits together. Doctors can tell you when it's over. They can pronounce that life has stopped, life has ceased. But there is a spiritual component to life. An intangible that neither doctors nor biologists can fully explain. It is that which gives us reason. The ability to think through things. It is that which gives us a moral compass to to know right and and wrong. It is that which gives us a self-awareness that other animals don't seem to possess. And it is that spiritual life that gives us an awareness of God. That there's got to be something more than just this. You see, God created humankind to live forever, both physically and spiritually. But because mankind willfully chose rebellion over relationship and sin over communion with God, the relationship was broken. Mankind fell. And sin brought with it a terrible, terrible price. Spiritual and physical death. Separation from perfect communion with God. And the worst part of it all is you and I are absolutely helpless to fix it on our own. 
I could give you an open-ended line of credit at Home Depot, Lowe's, Choo Choo's. You could not find the tools that can fix a broken life, a shattered relationship with God, the sin that we carry, and the guilt. There's nothing that a thousand therapists could sit you on the couch and fix. What is broken is beyond human repair. And so God stepped in. God came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. God loved fallen, sinful, lost humanity so much that he sent his son to bring us life. The Bible says of Jesus, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Jesus said of himself, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Sin brought separation and death, but Jesus came to reverse the curse. This is what the Bible says. Jesus said it himself, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. In other words, he has come to give us a life that is not defined necessarily by biologists and doctors, but a life that is defined by him, a life that is full and meaningful and purposeful and a life that goes on forever. He has come to give us a life that we could not attain on our own. The quest ends at the cross of Jesus Christ where he shed his precious blood for sinners like me to reverse the curse, to fix what was broken, to redeem the lost, to bring us back into right relationship with God. And when we When we talk about rediscovering life, it's not about our summer vacation, where we're going to go and what we're going to do and how we're going to relax. It's not about how the world defines it, how the culture defines life. It's what God has to say about it. Let me remind you of these four things. First of all, life is short. And because life is short, we cannot trust that we are going to have tomorrow. Life matters. And because it matters, how we spend it matters. What we do with our days matters. Life is to flow outward and upward, not just inward. And we need to focus on how, how am I focusing my life upward in worship and honor of God? How am I focusing my life outward in serving others and sharing Jesus? Life is eternal. And because life is eternal... We need to decide today what we're going to do with Jesus. Jesus said this, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me.